I get to write my own story here, just like you create your own music or just like you create your podcast or just like you create your, your works of art, you get to create your reality. You get to kind of take that, that pen and paper and rewrite your own story. And, and, and that's really the key to, to creating the reality that you want to see in your life. Hi, amigos. Welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Pursuit podcast. Today's guest is my friend, Daisy Lopez. Daisy is a Miami-born, first-generation Cuban-American who decided to risk it all in 2020. Formerly a financial services senior consultant, she left the Lux Jet setting corporate career behind to pursue her dream of entrepreneurship and coaching. Daisy and I met in a podcast group. We bonded over having the same last name, being Latina and from Miami, being in our 20s and owning our own businesses and podcasts. She reached out to me and we instantly clicked, realizing we had a lot in common. She is hands down a great example of when you take another route than the one you were told to take. Get ready for a great coaching session. I'm not kidding. If you needed someone to tell you to go for it and to stop subscribing to your negative beliefs, you're going to love this episode. She is so good at what she does and I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. So without further ado, my friend, Daisy Lopez. Hi amiga, how are you? I am so good. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the podcast. It's finally happening. Yeah, I know. It's finally happening. This has been like what, like almost a year in the making? It's been a year um, in the making, yeah. So much has changed since the last time that we that we spoke, like when you were on the Liberated Latina podcast. So I feel like this is just the perfect time to really dive in. And I, I feel like now I can speak more to the full journey of kind of transitioning from the corporate consultant life to entrepreneur and I have a little bit more um, like real entrepreneurship experiences under my belt now so I'm really excited to like dive in and and see what unfolds yes definitely so let's start then tell people a little bit about how you got into the financial services like your your title was financial services senior consultant so maybe kind of walk us through as to how you got to that uh, place, that corporate level, and then maybe talk to us a little bit about what you're doing now that doesn't really include what you were doing before. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, when I think about how I got into that, I think the first word that comes into mind was it was what I should have. It's what I should do. Um, so for a little bit more context, I'm first generation Cuban American, and I grew up in Miami, both my grandparents and my parents um, immigrated to Miami when they were relatively, my, my parents were relatively young, but I just remember growing up and always hearing that there was this path, this path that if you follow it, you'll, you'll get to that kind of like American dream type of lifestyle. And, you know, with my, with my grandparents, stability was really hard to come by because they were basically starting from scratch. My grandmother left everything, even her husband behind in Cuba to start a, you know, to start a life here in Miami with two little girls. And he never was able to make it out of Cuba to join her here. So she was basically on her own and and had to make it happen. So I just remember hearing, you know, a lot about stability and the way to get that, the path that they saw for us, my brothers and I was, you go to college, 
And then you get that job with the benefits and the 401k and the healthcare. You work there for 40 years and then you retire and that's your life. And since I'm a girl, I was like, yeah, but then you get the corporate job and then, you know, you get married and you have the kids, you know, like that was very much the path. So I remember growing up, I just always really wanted to make my family proud. And I saw that path as the, my key to not only stability and everything that they wanted for me, but I just really wanted to make them proud and show them that I could do it and be the first generation college grad and, you know, be that boss lady. So the the way I got into consulting was because I was um, I was actually lucky enough to get a full scholarship to the University of Florida. And that was something that I really felt pulled to do. I would be the first, not only the first woman in my family to go to college, but I would be the first woman in my family to go away for college. Um, my grandmother had a fit. <laughs> she was like, you're 18 years old. What business do you have going away? You have everything here. You have food, you have a, you know, you have a bed, you have a roof over your head. But I just really felt called to do that, but I had no money. And I remember um, getting this email for a first-generation scholarship that was both merit-based and need-based. And I was lucky enough to not just get that, but get so many other amazing scholarships that actually, it was basically a full ride to go away for college. And I remember getting to the end of my senior year, it was actually, I guess, fall of my senior year. And I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is, where, this is what all roads led to this. This is where I get that job. And I really wanted something that I felt like would, would look really good on paper. <laughs> you know, I really wanted something that was, that would show my, my grandparents and my parents, look, this is what I went away for. Um, so I remember I was at a career fair at the university. They did it in like the, this big gymnasium. And I'm such an introvert. I like those networking events are so overwhelming for me. And I like quickly went on, what is it like Vista print or whatever and printed out some business cards. And I was like so nervous and I, I, I don't know, it just was so overwhelming. And I went by myself and I took a wrong turn. I think I was on my way to talk to like Bank of America or something. And I took a wrong turn and somebody called my name and I turned around and there was this girl that I had had for an economic analysis class the year before. And she was like, oh my gosh, are you looking like you're here? You're looking for a job? Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're graduating already. And she's like, well, let me tell you about this company that I work for. I travel and you can work from wherever you want. And she was telling me all these great things. And I was like, oh, this sounds big, girl. This sounds big time. And I remember just, just looking at, you know, all the benefits and stuff. And I was like, okay, this is it. So I drove down to Miami one night, woke up early the next morning, drove to Las Olas, which is like an hour and a half away from my house to interview. And then had to drive straight back up to Gainesville um, because that was the only time that I could interview. And then a week later, I got that offer letter (laughs) and I was like, oh my gosh. So I was like, this is it. I made it. And, you know, long story short, that job was the culmination of the life that I thought that I was supposed to live. And it was really fulfilling to get it. And when I got into the weeds of the work, it really could not have been further away from who, who I, like the, the gifts that I really had. I was on the road a lot. It was like 50 hour work, suite, work weeks were like no thing there. It was like normal, um, you know, away from home a lot. And after the first six months, it started to really take a toll on me. And 
I started having panic attacks alone in hotel rooms, which was, I, I had, I've always been a pretty, I don't want to say high strung, but I've always been a perfectionist, you know, I've always been an overachiever. So I've, I've really been hard on myself a lot. Even in school, I was always like, I got to, you know, if I got the B, why don't I get the A? If I got the 90, why not the 100? So in an environment like that, where it's never enough, and there's always something else to do, and you're balancing, you're on different clients' time schedules, and they're demanding certain things to be done, and it's just so high stress, and it got to me very quickly, and I was not used to being, you know, living out of a suitcase and on airplanes all the time, and then they started throwing me to, um, to Latin America, and it was just a lot, and I quickly realized, I think after, it was pretty much after the first six months to a year, that I don't see myself living like this for the rest of my life. And I remember that was the really first, really first big moment where everything that I believed to be true about the life that I was supposed to live was called into question. And that was, that was a, that was like, oh my gosh, who am I? Very long-winded answer, but that's kind of how I got into it and a little bit about how it how like that moment where it started to transition for me and click for me that I had basically set up my life in line with what I thought was success and I quickly realized once I was there that that was not really success that I wanted for me on my own terms wow that's a crazy path to begin I feel like because I know how you or like what you're working on now and it's just so crazy to hear your story of how what you were doing like a few years ago because it's it's so different to what I know you as today and in a great way you know like in a very positive way I think it's really telling of you and of our Latina heritage really of how much we work towards something that we really want and it takes a lot of guts to then realize that that's not really what you want and pivot. So how did you, when you realize that it wasn't really what you wanted and it wasn't really highlighting the gifts that you have, like you said, what did you do? How did you pivot? How did you break the news to your family? How was it kind of dealing with all of that? How did you pursue the next step for yourself? I won't lie to you. It was a pretty long and drawn out process because I think partly because I was so young, um, I was 22, 23 years old. And like I said, I had lived my entire life believing and working towards a certain thing and, and just wanting to make people proud. And I was just a very much a people pleaser. Like if, if you, if you're, if you identify as a people pleaser, you get what I mean. Like we, we just lose ourselves in, <laughs> we just lose ourselves in trying to make sure that everybody else is happy, content, proud, feeling good. Like we just, we, I lost myself and you know, I think if we grow up with women who are very nurturing with moms that are kind of like that, they'll give their last, their last piece of bread or their, their, the clothes off their back, they'll give it to anybody that needs it. So that's kind of what I grew up seeing. I have very selfless women in my family. And I just thought that that's who I was supposed to be. So for me, like from the first like day, 
Miami had just gone through Hurricane Irma. The, the airports were closed and they were calling me because trading had started in Chicago and they were like, hey, are you okay? Is your family okay? Okay, great. When can you get on the first flights to come out to training? I was like, yo, this is the last thing on my mind. Like, this is the last thing. And yeah, girl, like as soon as the airport opened, I was one of the first people in Miami International Airport because they were like, really, I was at that point a day and a half, two days late for training. And I remember sitting waiting for my flight and thinking, yeah, like this is not going to fly with me. No pun intended. Like this is not going to fly with the type of life that I want to live. Like my family's back home taking off shutters and cleaning up the house after a hurricane. And I'm here about to fly to Chicago for training. And just, yeah. So it was pretty much a, a long drawn out process. And I really didn't leave until I was about three years in. Um, and that's because I did have a lot of drama around, well, if I don't do this, who am I? If I don't have the big fancy job, who am I? Like, what do I, what do I have to show for all the work that I've done? I knew that I, it started off with me just trying to get curious and discover, okay, so how do I rebuild how I see myself and what I know to be true about myself. If I know that this is not showcasing my gifts, then what are my gifts? And then what do I do to showcase that? So I knew that I wanted to help people in a different way. I've always known that. And I've also known, I've been harboring this, this dream. I remember dreaming this since I was little, that I was going to be my own boss and like have my own business. That's always kind of been simmering in the back of my mind. So I started off just discovering how I could explore that more. And I ended up finding, um, I feel like this is where a lot of coaches start. So this is, people call it the gateway drug, which I find hilarious. Um, I, I stumbled across the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, IIN, which at that point I was really into health, obviously, because my health was wacko with traveling and, you know, all that stuff. Um, so I ended up taking that course and learning about not just health, but really coaching and, and what coaching really was and understanding the anatomy of like a coaching session and how it changes people's lives and all of that. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm this, I love this. And obviously your girl didn't have a lot of free time. So I would be doing these modules, whether it was like really late at night or on the weekends when I was freaking exhausted. It, but it just gave me so much life. It was so nourishing. And I was like, okay, this is definitely something that I want to explore. So I just started following that and, and on flights instead of just seething in anger that I didn't want to be there and I didn't want to be doing that work. I would pop in my AirPods and listen to entrepreneurship podcasts. I remember listening to Amanda Bucci a lot. Um, and I remember listening to just all these different podcasts about personal development and entrepreneurship. And I basically started creating the foundations of my business without even really noticing it in those airplane seats, like in those window seats. And I would, you know, make notes in my, in my phone while, you know, typing over here on this presentation that I had to make in two hours for this client. And that's, I just started piecing it together and just following what was calling me. Whereas before I would push myself a lot to do what I thought others wanted me to do. This was a very different experience because it was like the work was, was pulling me, right? The calling was pulling me towards it. And December 30th of 2019 was finally the day where 
I made that decision, where I got to that decision. Um, I That year was actually where my health was really at the worst that it had ever been. I started seeing a therapist, which was honestly my lifeline that really gave me the courage to get to that point. I had a, like an emergency session with my therapist. And the following week, December 30th, we were on vacation in Georgia in a cabin. And I remember being in a hot tub with my boyfriend and I just looked up and it was almost like, it, was, it wasn't even me saying it. It was like, almost like God giving me confirmation. I just looked up at him and I was like, I'm leaving my job this year. And he kind of looked up at me and was like, okay, isn't that crazy? I just said it. I was in so much drama girl for this. I knew that I wanted to leave the moment that I started that job. And it was just so much drama, so much back and forth, so much, but what are people going to think? But what does this mean about me? How am I going to ever recover? Like, you know, the job was paying a good amount of coins. So I was like, what is this? Like, what, how am I going to recover from this? So much drama. I love this, but how am I going to make it work? And I think my boyfriend was also slightly fed up at my drama (laughs) for two years. But I, I just, I didn't think, I thought that everybody would just judge me and say that I'm crazy. And I think telling him and just cutting to that point where I just looked up at him and I'm like, I'm leaving my job this year. And to hear him say, okay, it was almost like I was getting permission to be who I wanted to be. That is, I got chills when you said that, because I know that feeling. I know that feeling of when your body just like, it gives you the yes. It just like everything around you just aligns for you to make that next step. And, and decide and do it and just take action and everyone around you supports you and it's just or it doesn't support you but either way like you you go for it so once you decided that you left your job in 2020 what was that like was it did you just kind of give in your two weeks did you quit or were you just kind of prepared financially with savings to start your business or how was that process like for actually leaving your job and actually taking that step for what you really wanted to do? You know, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody, but I gave way more than two weeks. <laughs> Cause like, I mean, it was just, I made that decision December 30th. And it, that also, I don't know if I've ever said this to anyone. I think I told my boyfriend this once, but I actually wrote my resignation letter two weeks before that, like my last day of, cause I had taken two weeks PTO. I wrote my resignation letter like the week of Christmas because I just wanted to see how it would feel if I wrote it and kind of see see my drama around it and just kind of face it, right? I was like, okay, I've been sitting on this for a while. I'm miserable. This is not the way that I want to live. This is not how I believe God wants me to live. So let me just write the resignation letter and just see how it feels. And I, I went to Starbucks one morning. I'm like, all right, let me just, let me just write this thing. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This has to happen. Because I felt so calm and I felt so at peace. So when I said that out loud on December 30th, I knew that it would happen sooner rather than later. But I didn't, I still didn't really have like a date or set things. Like I said, like work was cuckoo bananas at that point. So I remember getting back to work and kind of planning backwards and knowing that I definitely wanted to be out by my birthday, February 26. Like I do not see myself here by the time I turn, I think I was turning 25. And I remember looking and, and it's just so funny how things are always working out in your favor. Always, 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 always. When I looked at how much I had actually been saving, because I hadn't really been paying attention because at that point, 
I feel like I was just so overwhelmed with the work with my job. And I was just in otra cosa. Like I was in other, in, in something else. Sorry, the Spanglish comes through. <laughs> when I feel like I'm like talking to a friend, the Spanglish comes through. No worries. It's like home. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just, I was just so wrapped up. And I remember looking, I was like, oh my gosh, I essentially have what I need for a year. Like, like I'm so taken care of. And it was so interesting. Cause I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that, that I would, I would be able to, to have that, you know, safety net for myself. And granted, I'm very lucky because at the, like at that point I was traveling all the time. So I was living with my mom. So, you know, everything was just, it was, it was basically leading me up to this point. I decided that I wanted to give enough time to wrap up the projects that I was on again, people pleaser, wanting to make sure that everybody was taken care of, wanting to make sure I didn't burn any bridges, which I recommend, but you know, five weeks is excessive. So my last day was February 14th of 2020, Valentine's Day, aka basically two weeks before the world shut down for a global pandemic, which I'm very glad I didn't know because I always, I, I always feel like God gives you that pull, or like universe gives you that pull and you don't always need to know everything because if you do know everything, you're not going to move forward. It's just going to be too much. It's going to be too overwhelming and you're not going to do what you're being called to do. So that was my last day. And I was like, all right, I'm taking two weeks mental health. I think it took like two or three weeks mental health. I think my therapist recommended like a month and I was like, mm, don't get crazy. Like, come on. <laughs> I think I took two or three weeks and I just started building, building my business from the ground up. I started taking, you know, investing in like different courses and getting clear on what I wanted to do. I invested in my first like really um, like high ticket, high level mastermind to get coached on it. And yeah, that, that was kind of the, the transition. I totally agree that sometimes you don't need to know the full picture in order for you to do what you feel called to do. 1000%. I don't think like, I agree with you. Like if you had known that the pandemic was happening, would you have left, you know, knowing that you wouldn't have that safety net of like, a paycheck, you know, and so that happened to so many people, you know, like I also got laid off right before the pandemic. And it's kind of just like, what, you know, where everything you kind of knew is gone. And now you have to scrap up the pieces and figure out what your next move is because you need to survive. Wow. I love your story. <laughs> I knew, I knew parts of your story because I met you when you already, you know, when you already had your business but I didn't know this whole other backside of you of like how you started it and why you started it. And so once you kind of invested in these courses and started reaching out to people and coaching them, how did you feel? What was it like having your first client? What was it like getting that first paycheck for yourself and not having to share it with anyone? Like, how did that feel? I think my first so it was interesting because I got this health coaching certification and then I realized I didn't really want to do health coaching because I knew that the reason why my health was manifesting in the way that it was, the reason why my health was like that was because there were deeper things that I was ignoring, right? I was, my body was essentially rejecting who I was trying to force myself to be. And I think that everything external starts with something that's in literally this disease is dis-ease. There's not a sense of ease in your body. There's something that's just rejecting. That's not quite right. 
And the reason why I wasn't taking care of myself was because I wasn't happy with myself. I wasn't happy with my life. So I, at that point I had kind of known, I was so grateful for that certification because it gave me that, that gateway, but I knew that it healthing health coaching wasn't really the thing. There was something else. So I started off just saying, I just want to coach people to, to get them to see that there's safety in, in saying yes to who you really are. Um, so that's always kind of been the core at what I've done. And the, my first client, I met her through a Facebook group and I was like, Hey, like, I would love to just do some sample coaching sessions with you. Um, I think we did like two or three sessions for free, just cause I wanted to get my feet wet. I just wanted to be coaching people. I just wanted to be serving people and the level of shit, like literally within one session, the shifts that occurred was so powerful that she was like, I I want you to coach me and I'm going to pay you. Like, just tell me how much it is. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I, I don't even remember what I, what I charged her um, or what the investment was, but it was just such a beautiful experience. And I would leave those sessions feeling so fulfilled. And she would send me messages as she was going through the week with just these amazing realizations and these powerful shifts. And it was just that feeling that I'd never felt before, which is I'm doing exactly what I want to do. And I'm good at it. And I don't have to force myself. I don't have to perform. I don't have to hustle. I don't have to like in, like in, in my old job, it didn't feel natural for me to be in that role. The reason why I did so well, cause I, I did really, I did really well. And when I left, I had so many people reach out, really respecting the work that I had done. And it's because I had that overachiever drive to need to be excellent, to need to have people approve of what I was doing. So it was so hard. It just, everything just always felt so hard to succeed in. And this was not like that. So it felt really good to finally be in my zone of genius. And it just has kept evolving. I've just kept growing and feeling into what really is it that I want to provide to women of color specifically, because I just feel like there's so many additional layers that we have just based on what we hear growing up right based on what we see based on the stories that we hear of our family you know going without or our family really having to start from nothing and I think that that adds a lot of different layers to how we view life and how we view ourselves and what we see possible for us in the realm of success and abundance and fulfillment and all of that sometimes it kind of feels like well we don't get to have that because we're just trying to get by and I think we're entering into a new era where everybody, but especially my ladies and especially my ladies of color, whether you're Latina, Black, Asian, whatever it is, we're entering into this era where we are getting to set the new example that we do get to have it all and we do get to have the fulfillment and the abundance. So it kind of just kept evolving. And I never, I had such PTSD from consulting that I never thought I would be more of a business, I'm doing air quotes, but I'll talk more about it. But I never thought that I would be specifically a business coach because the whole thing just made me want to throw up. Like I thought about going back to like the numbers and the this and the that and the strategy and like being that uptight. But I realized that we have a really beautiful gift. Like as, as, as women, as women of color, like as Latinas, we have this inherent um, we have the, the drive, first of all, like we're, we're no stranger to working hard, but when we channel that energy with our actual gifts and our power and our sass and our boldness and our voice, 
it just, we, we create such powerful and beautiful things and we're able to receive in a much bigger and a much easier way. So that's really where I started being led to was, okay, wait, I'm not the typical business coach. Cause I'm just, I'm not like, I don't believe in just doing cut and dry things or, you know, just pushing to get numbers or forcing people. Like I just, I've never been like that, but that's good because more we get to show each other as women that business gets to take on a different role where we are setting the rules and we are calling the shots and we're not quite putting ourselves in these boxes that, you know, quite frankly, were set by men. <laughs> not, it was never meant for us. I just keep having this thought in my mind as I'm like listening to you and it's anything is possible and take the leap. And you have great examples in your lives that have done the same thing in different ways. And so why not you, you know, why not, why not your gifts? Why not your passion? Why not your heart? Why not everything that you want to achieve? It's been done by your ancestors. It's been done by people in your Facebook group. It's been done by your friends. It's been done by so many different people. And, you know, every time I do this podcast, I just leave so inspired because everyone has a story. And everyone has something to say and something that they do that is just so unique. And as creatives, which everyone is a creative, no matter what you do, it's so important to highlight those things because there's room for everyone and there's so much to be done and there's so much to be said and there's so much love to be spread. And I just think that what you're doing is so cool because you decided to change your story you decided to be like okay this is what I thought I wanted and what my family wanted but it turns out that's not really what it is meant for me and instead of staying in it you took the leap and you tried to pursue something that really makes you happy and the fact that you had your first client be someone that believed so much in you and your craft has it says so much you know because that one person turned into two, three, four, five. And you recently had a great um, month. A few months ago, we were celebrating the fact that you hit your milestone. And so little things like that are, so, are meant to be so celebrated. And so I just want to acknowledge that. I think you're super inspiring and super cool. And I think that people just like need to learn from you and the fact that there's always something to be done of a situation that you don't like and there's always room for more what i what i've really known to be true is that it's not an accident why you have those gifts whatever it is and i never i'll be honest i never really considered myself a creative but it was more so because i never had the space to explore that i never gave myself the space to explore that. i was too busy trying to get the a's and check the boxes and but when i went into entrepreneurship like it is such a creative labor of love and I started seeing these different gifts. And it's interesting that the brain tries to come in and tell us these stories that it's not enough. It's not enough to keep you safe. It's not enough to provide. It's like, right, like we start going into all of these stories and, you know, just asking ourselves a question, is that really true? Do I really want to subscribe to that story? Or can I create something else? Like we're already creatives. We have the manifestation power to literally create our reality. That's how powerful that gift is. 
And it becomes a practice of meeting ourselves in all of these stories that we've been either fed, that we've that we've kind of ingested through osmosis, but we'll be here everywhere. Um, and we and we look at that and we're like, okay, wait, I get to write my own story here, just like you create your own music, or just like you create your podcast, or just like you create your your works of art. You get to create your reality. You get to kind of take that that pen and paper and rewrite your own story. And 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 that's really the key to to creating the reality that you want to see in your life is unsubscribing just like we unsubscribe to people on YouTube just like we unfollow people it's like nope I don't subscribe to that belief anymore of course my creative genius is going to support me in the most beautiful way if not why would I why would God give me this like why would it be here if it wasn't meant to be something really beautiful and of course I'm going to be provided for because that's the only way that your creative gift is going to be able to transform people so it's always going to be there for you. And it's really just about, for me, this has been the most powerful thing. Even as I continue to grow in my business, you know, I've, I've had to work a little bit less because I've been going through personal things and I've just been really, really honing in on what is it, what is that creative juice that lights me up that I know can make the most impact for people. So for me, that's writing content. Like my marketing is mostly based in writing content because that's where I love. And I love my podcast. Those two things are my jam. And just in the first few weeks of November, I'm at a milestone cash month, a five-figure cash month, like my highest ever. And it just goes to show, but that wouldn't have happened if I kept feeding into the belief that, no, this isn't enough. This isn't enough. I have to do more. I have to, I have to do this other thing that I don't really want to do because that's what people say works. Like, no, you write the rules and you back it up with full-on belief because you trust yourself, because you know that everything you've been given is enough. And it's not only enough, it's, it's enough to create overflow. And that's what I started believing. That's what I started subscribing to. And this month it's, it's coming to fruition because that's what I approach the world with. That's the story that I approach the world with. And what happens is that your external circumstances have no other choice, but to respond to it. That's so true. And I think it's also really important to remember that like you got yourself there and just like if you got yourself to where you were before and you didn't like it you still made the moves to get to that point so you have control of like how you can get to the next next point of your life and it's always it's always just one choice away it's always like one decision of being like today I'm gonna have a great day today I don't know what I want to do but today I'm going to read that book or I'm going to listen to that podcast and take one step towards the thing that I want. I have to congratulate you because hitting a five-figure milestone in like one year, one year and a half of starting your, or almost two years of starting your company or your business is incredible. Like you are a Latina young entrepreneur who just made it happen. And like, that's so cool. And who says, who says you can't do that? Like you're proof that you can. So anyone listening that wants to do what you're doing or wants the example of how I'm going to, how am I going to do this? Like, just listen to Daisy's story. Like, this is so cool. And it's so possible for you if you just believe in yourself and set your mind to it with anything that you want to do. It doesn't even have to be coaching. What would you consider has been your biggest lesson so far in your life or your career or your business? The biggest lesson. Ooh, I just got goosebumps with that question. 
And now, and now I finally know why we're doing this interview now versus a year ago with that one question, because I don't know, I just feel like I, this, this year has the biggest lesson that I know to be true now is that anything that we perceive as setbacks or challenges or proof air quotes that we're not meant to do something that we know we're meant to do is literally just a defense mechanism and what I realized is that every single time I felt like everything was being taken away from me because girl this year has tried me so many times I and I want to be real with that because people might hear that milestone and be like oh my gosh you know but it you it's been a journey to get there and and to manifest that and what I know to be true is that all of those things every time I thought that everything was about to crumble every time I thought well I should probably go back to my corporate job or well this is probably not going to work out all of those things were leading me to here all of it all of it was preparation all of it was a gift and when we see things as proof that it's not when we see things as a problem when we see things as as like this insurmountable challenge that's just a story that's just a story nothing has the power to stop you nothing has the power to and nothing is actually meant to do that it's always showing you areas where you still have doubt where you still don't fully trust yourself and that's the time to dig back in and say nope I'm not available for that I'm not available to go back to working by somebody else's rules. I'm not available to, to back out on myself. I'm just not available, universe. I'm not doing that. This is what I want. Show me how this is supporting me. Show me how this is here for me to grow so that I can, I can experience double the amount. From this discomfort, this is preparing me to experience double in the amount of joy and abundance and overflow. Let's go. I'm ready. What do I need to learn from this? And that is the energy that I think a year ago, I didn't really have. I'll be honest, I didn't have that. And what I realized is that when we have something that's worth fighting for, that's when we become the most powerful versions of ourselves. So I think the best lesson is there, there really is no true challenge that's meant to stop you. There's no proof that I'm not meant to do this. That's all just a story. What that's showing you is areas where you still have doubt, where you're still looking for the back door. And that's time to really dig in. I love that answer because the next question is always, what would you consider is your biggest win? But I feel like what you said, and it doesn't have to be the same answer, but I think in like my head, I just feel like any lesson is a win. And what you just said portrays that. But what would you say has been your biggest win in your life, your career, your business, your personal life, whatever you would like to say? I think my biggest win is not just the financial milestones. This one particularly, the win is how it came about. And the win is that it's not just the result, but it's how it reflects the level of love and self-trust that I have for myself that was required to get that. And it wasn't like the money is what filled me up. The money is not what really made me like, yeah, you know, and like, because all of those things leave you empty right? Like money comes, money goes, milestones are only milestones for a day. And what I realized was that I still have this like overflow feeling because the way that that happened was me being really true to myself to say no to as many things 
probably more things. And I said yes to, but most importantly, I developed this self-trust that I, it truly shows that you can be unbreakable when you are so grounded in that trust and you know that nothing has the power to, to allow you to back out on yourself. It just, the, the world becomes so much different. And I think that's my biggest win is not just the money milestone, but it's the energy in which that came in, which was me fully trusting myself. And regardless of what happened personally or professionally, I just took the challenges and was like, yeah, but I'm not going anywhere. So what do I get to learn from this? And to add to that, which you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think who says you can't do it at a young age? Who says you have to stay and do something that everyone else says you have to do? Like if you believe in yourself and you, you have a path, you have some kind of dream, some kind of vision for yourself, why wait? Just go why for wait? it and just see how it turns out and try everything, you know? Like I think that's something I highlight so much in the pod, in the podcast is just do what you want to do and like find examples of people that have done it and see that it is possible. And don't, don't like focus on the people that say that you can't do it. Don't focus on the examples that have failed because they quit or whatever. Like look at the people that have pursued and have continued and and keep going. And those are the people that you need to always have in mind and I just think it's really admirable to be in front of you as my friend and to see how you've built what you've built at a young age with so much charisma because that's another thing is that there's a lot of people that get to the top or get to that milestone or they get to that thing that they've wanted to do and they accomplish it but they forget they forget to have the compassion the charisma the love for other people and you have it. So I'm just so happy that you came onto the podcast and that people can learn from you. I learned from you so much today. So thank you so much. Yeah, I love you. And <laughs> I'll just say this, like, you know, as many times as you would tell yourself how it won't happen or how it's impossible, ask yourself in the same breath, how it is possible. What are all the ways in which it can happen? And that's how you really open yourself up to seeing as many people that tell you that you're crazy and that you can't do it. Find three more people that tell you that you can. And if they don't know where to go, like you literally have two people right here. We are going to be your biggest cheerleader. If you're listening to this pod, like we fully believe in you. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. So like literally however much negativity or, or, you know, doubt you're met with be like, okay, I want to look for double the amount of possibility. And that's just a really good exercise that I've also found so beneficial just for my energy and to really start unlocking those hidden, like those hidden pockets of goals that we kind of take for granted. But thank you so much for having me here. This was such a nourishing and beautiful conversation. And I just love being in your energy. So thank you so much. And thank you for this podcast. I love how you navigate this show. And um, yeah, I'm just really honored to be here. Oh my goodness. Thank you. That really means the world to me. Tell people where they can find you. If they want to work with you, I'll have everything linked below, but let them know where they can find you. Yeah. You can kick it with me over at the Liberty Latina podcast. And I'm usually most active on Instagram. So you can shoot me a DM over there. And if you're listening to this, take a screenshot and put it up on your stories and shout out the podcast. And you can tag me at the Liberty Latina and um, yeah, let's be friends. I mean, are you guys just so riled up with energy? 
after editing this episode and listening to this conversation again, I feel even better than I did when I was first interviewing her because she's just so good at what she does and she gave so much energy and so much good insight. I'm so lucky to call her a friend and you guys can work with her. So definitely, definitely highly recommend working with her. All right, here are the takeaways from Daisy's episode. Number one, ask yourself what is in line with what you consider success. What is success in your own terms? Number two, it's very easy to lose yourself when you're focusing on pleasing everyone else. Number three, check to see what nurtures you and fills you up. Maybe that's something you want to explore. Number four, forget about what other people are going to think. It doesn't matter. Number five, sometimes not knowing what's ahead sets you up for success. Number six, follow what feels normal and what you're good at. Number seven, we are in a new era where we get to set the example that we do get to have it all the fulfillment, and the abundance. Number eight, as women, we get to show each other that business gets to take on a different role where we are setting the rules and calling the shots. Number nine, your gifts are not an accident. Number 10, unsubscribe to the negative beliefs. And number 11, anything that was perceived as a setback is really preparation and a gift. Thank you so much for being here, guys. As always, I'm so grateful to be a part of this community and have you guys listening to the show every single week. If you have any feedback, please let me know. You can DM me at Joya Lopez without the Ian Lopez on Instagram, or you can simply leave us a little review. I'm constantly looking for other people to interview. So if you have someone in mind that you think could be a great fit for this podcast, or if you yourself want to be on the podcast, let me know. I'll see you guys next week. Ciao.